0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 39 of the Quality Control Show. As always, it's your host, Solomon Zach. We've got something a little bit different for you today. We're going to be going over three separate movies, just kind of in quick succession. Uh, Zach, what are those movies that we're going to be talking about, man?
1: Today, we're going to be talking about The Menu, which is a new dark comedy that came out recently. We're going to be talking about Blade Runner 2049, which is kind of an older one, but Solomon finally saw it. It blew and my balls off, it. <laughs> and, and we got to talk about it because he finally saw it. And then we're talking about the Glass Onion, which just came out, and I have plenty of thoughts on. Um, so I'm excited to talk yeah. about all these things today.
0: Just want to preface the Glass Onion with the reviews have been like overwhelmingly positive, which I think is really funny. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: This it it's kind of like baffling, and I feel like I'm in an alternate dimension. <laughs> and um, but here we are. Well, I guess. We'll get to that later.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's a teaser, a little teaser trailer. So I say let's just start with the menu um, because I think that's going to be pretty, I don't know, pretty basic. Um, so basically this movie stars uh, Anna Taylor-Joy as she kind of like goes with, with like this rich asshole to an island and it has like this whole like culinary flair, like um a very like chef's table vibe from Netflix if you've ever watched that show. Uh, what were your like initial thoughts on this?
1: Uh, the menu was awesome. It was great. I really enjoyed it. It was really funny, yeah. uh, but it was dark. It was definitely dark the whole time uh, that I was looking at. It was like I just imagined like this chef was like Gordon Ramsay if he mm-hmm. snapped <laughs> <laughs> Got his own private island to send people to to kill them. Um, I think it had really good commentary on the idea of being a service worker and the relationship between them and their customers
0: yes so i thought that was super interesting because yeah the comedy was there the actual like artistic flair was there like you got the psycho chef but who's like really artistic and is gonna kill everyone but like the idea that he's exacting revenge on like the this demographic of people who he feels has like bastardized his art form yeah and they're like
1: very different Everything's like it's not like
0: oh he's just got like a whole bunch of the same person. It's like Mm -hmm.
1: it's like well it is like the one percent really.
0: It's like of each thing. Yeah, and I love how like he. I mean the the exposition is essentially the tortillas. Like when he gives them all the tortillas (laughs) and he's just like yeah uh, you're all pieces of shit and here's why. And when he's like okay yeah
1: yeah I mean you're right but like the thing that I liked about it was that it slowly built up like what the fuck was going on because. Mm -hmm you don't get hit with, like, the tortilla exposition right at the beginning. Like, you don't really know what everyone is and what they're all doing here. Um, It seems, like,
0: low-key, yeah, everyone's just there. to. You know, it's, like, this
1: grandiose island with, like, a Mm -hmm. grandiose
0: restaurant. But, like, you kind of pick up Yeah, right. Like, the first, like, teaser that I had was, like, everyone shows up, uh, everyone shows up onto the island because you have to take a boat there, which is, like... That never ends well, right? And yeah. then uh they're showing them around the around the island and you pick up on little things. Like, for example, you initially think Anna Taylor Joy is like girlfriends with her or it's like the girlfriend of the, the guy she's with. Yeah, Tyler. Yeah. Fuck Tyler. Um but, yeah. <laughs> but then there's like this hint where the person is confused when she's uh like the hostess is checking everyone in and she's like you know, where's where's your wife essentially? You know, Mrs. So and So. I can't remember his last name. Like Westerfield
1: or something. Yeah,
0: some rich. Asshole obviously not name. there. Yeah, and she's like, "Where's Mrs. Westerfield?" And he's like, mm, "I brought someone else." And Anna's like, "Oh yeah, I'm a fucking prostitute," you know, sort of thing, right? I'm a escort. Um, so you kind of pick these things up, like, oh, this relationship is not one, you know. Yeah, exactly. Honest, right now. Mm. And then they also are taking them around the island and they show them, like, the, you know, the smokehouse where they cure the meats and shit and all that. But then they take them to the fucking, like, World War One barracks in the bunker where, like, all of the staff sleep. I'm like, oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. yo, that's, <laughs> this is culty. I don't like this. Yeah, this it, was scary, like, Waco-esque. it was like, it was like Gordon Ramsay and his cult of, like, Hell's Kitchen people. Yeah, that's what it that made me think of. Yeah, which I thought was so fascinating because it's, like, these people who are so obsessed with the art that it's like that's all they do they wake up like every day at like 4 a.m or some bullshit prep their meals serve go to bed at two get like three hours of sleep i don't know how their brain's not degrading from lack of sleep like it's
1: yeah because one guy is like don't you guys ever get tired of doing this every day and she's basically like why would i get tired of doing this
0: yeah she's like oh do you get tired of breathing yeah (laughs) yeah yeah exactly it's like oh god damn. okay these people are fucking serious
1: well another thing is so you have lillian who's the food critic um and like so you take this boat to this private island and they're explaining how like the the meticulous detail and how each of these ingredients are like born and served here and and she's just like casually criticizing the whole thing The Mm -hmm. whole time. And you're just like, bro, like this is the most magnificent
0: thing I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) Yeah, this is this is this art form taken to the nth degree. There is not like a single nothing is done imperfectly for these meals and you're still
1: complaining it's like yeah exactly when you
0: get to the payoff of him being like i fucking hate you you're like yeah yeah i kind of get that because it's because it's basically revealed that like her reviews have ruined a bunch of like really promising restaurants and like close them out of business because she has like so much uh like pull in that industry which i think is really interesting because he hates her for like you know, being overly critical of the people who do make good food and everything like that, and, like, always finding something to complain about, essentially. And mm-hmm. it's also funny because, like, it's it's her and then, like, her editor or whatever is with her, and, like, he's just, like, sucking her dick the whole time. Like, yeah, anything he's she,
1: just a yes man.
0: Yeah, anything she says, she's like, oh, I totally agree. And it's just, like, she, what she said was just fucking stupid, bro. Like, there's no way you agree <laughs> with that. And, yeah, that's one of, like, the people that he exacts revenge on, which is really interesting to me.
1: Yeah, Lillian was pretty interesting if we just talk about her because the whole idea was that like what you said, like her criticisms can make or break a restaurant. And one of the things that I thought was interesting was he talks about how he puts so much effort and love into what he does, right? Mm-hmm. And then she just can like just basically casually throws it away to the side. Dude, and it made me like reflect on our podcast. <laughs> Where I was oh. like I was like um cuz we just watched and saw Avatar and everything. And I was thinking about it, like, this dude really spent, like, ten years crafting, like, his dream, which is Avatar. And we spent, like, an hour and a half just
0: kind of shitting on it. We said it looked good.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we just said, like, oh, it looked good.
0: All the CGI uh, artists did a wonderful job. I am not shitting on the CGI artists. The art... the No, okay. The art of the movie was the only thing that we said was good about it. We gave them credit. They just got to learn how to write. But You see what I'm saying where it's a similar,
1: like... Like, the critic can just make, like, an offhand... Like, her thing was, like, she made, like... She would have, like, a one-page review and say, like, oh, this thing kind of sucks, or whatever. Yeah. And we just had, into- like, an hour podcast when there's mm-hmm. probably been, like, tens of thousands of hours that went into that movie. Um, We're just like, yep, that was shit. <laughs> <laughs> and moving on. I thought that was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Especially coming from our point of view.
0: Yeah, true, true. But if there was, like... Okay, but to be fair, like, the... The menu, like, that... Chef's version of like, like if he were to make a dish that was equivalent to a movie, that would be like Dune, which like was incredible. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know? Like when something is when something is good, I feel like we are really good about saying like that was this was amazing. You know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's know. definitely
1: taken to the extreme.
0: Yeah, for sure. Whereas like because they're presenting like these incredible meals to her, especially like in the beginning where there isn't like death involved, and this like it's like some of the most beautiful food I've ever seen. And she's just like, mm, yeah, this is shit. This is this is pretentious. Yeah, just exactly. like, are you out of your mind? Like that looks incredible. It was all, it was just like critics to the extreme, I guess. Yeah,
1: yeah. But I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, like when they fuck, she's like, oh, I don't even remember what it was, but it was like you didn't like whisk this lamb sauce properly or something. And so they just like throughout the movie they just bring her like bigger bowls of the shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it like increasingly bigger and like people start dying and they're still giving her like this big ass fucking bowl <laughs> full of the sauce. Yeah. I hilarious.
0: love that.
1: <laughs> and then Tyler is like the ultimate Dick writer.
0: Yes. Well, he, he is like obsessed. He's like so enamored with this chef and like his art form that like he dude, Tyler's bullshit. That meal was fucking funny. That was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Like
1: dude, yeah, when they like, bring out like he's like we're we're serving bread with condiments minus the bread. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're like, oh, this is the fucking greatest thing ever. Dude, it's dying <laughs> laughing.
0: Dude, it was amazing. I thought that was so funny because like um the, like the concept behind it was like, you know, like only like it, historically like only the poor have like eaten bread as their meal so you don't get bread because you're like the 1% you know yeah. and then Taylor was like "She," because we were watching it together and Taylor was like oh that's bullshit I'd be so pissed and I was sitting there like that's genius like <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you're the, the fucking guy that gets concept, killed in the movie the concept is coming together what a what a neat idea I don't know No,
1: that's retarded because <laughs> I know. in the movie Margot who's Anya Taylor-Joy is like where the fuck is the bread? Like, what am I supposed to eat here? And I was thinking the same thing. Um, oh, man. But Tyler, I mean, he loved it. He, like, ate, like, a like a little spoonful of mustard or whatever. It was, like, <laughs> this <is> the greatest <laughs> thing I've ever
0: tasted. He's, like, eats a spoonful of butter, and he's, like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, so, let's see. Yeah, they all arrived there. So, I guess, you want to, like, go through each of the guests so they have, like, an idea of... Everyone who's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we already did Lillian and Tyler, basically. Um, we then talked you, about the food
1: editor. Um, yeah, but then you have... See, like, this is one of the things where I don't even know if it's a criticism. Because it's like, you have pretty basic character stereotypes. Where you have, like, the rich guys who are just mm-hmm. assholes. And it's like, they, they
0: serve their purpose. But also, they were just,
1: like, the rich guys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like
0: the rich assholes. Okay, but I think that that is probably more common. I like these really nice places than you think. Like these people who have come into like a lot of money and just feel the need to go, you know, uh, flamboyantly spend it. at Like really, really nice restaurants when they don't even really appreciate the food necessarily. You know, and then they're like,
1: oh, do you know who I work for type of situation? Yeah,
0: exactly. It's like, oh, I'm such a badass. I'm so cool. It's just like, yeah, but you don't give a shit about food, so why are you here spending all this money on food? You right. Know? Um, so, I don't know. Like, Yeah, it's it's basic, but I feel like it's probably pretty common.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah maybe. I mean, yeah. I don't
1: fucking dine at nice restaurants. Yeah, exactly. I, would I don't like, see I don't that at Chili's. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Um. <laughs> Chili's. God damn, you love Chili's. Oh.
1: They
0: got good deals. What, what can I say? They do, dude? I I I will die on this hill. Chili's has some fire baby back ribs. Like <laughs> I don't know what it. I don't know what it is. Like I know that shit is probably like so, like the poorest quality ever. But goddamn, I just love Chili's baby back ribs. They do a good job with it. I yeah, bro, know?
1: you're getting murdered in this movie. You don't appreciate the art. <laughs>
0: they the yeah i know they wake up at the crack of dawn to slowly smoke them with love every day <laughs> i'm sure yeah i'm sure Chili's has the dry aging house in the back alley of their fucking strip mall yeah exactly um and then you have the like
1: washed up actor um and his whole thing was kind of interesting how like he's basically fallen out of love with his craft And he's just doing it to do it.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. He was really funny. And he's also like he is there talking to his former employee slash mistress. um, Yeah. You know, which Mm -hmm. their dialogue was fucking funny. (laughs) Like they were (laughs) they were killing me (laughs) because they're both like these self-absorbed assholes who know and acknowledge that each other are self-absorbed assholes. And they're like she is trying to get him to sign off um, on like. Uh, like a recommendation for like a new job but he's fucking her obviously and doesn't want her to leave yeah. and so mm-hmm. he's like and so he's like yeah I. she was like yeah Um, I really wanted like this job at Sony or something like that he's like yeah uh, I definitely called Sony and told them not to hire you, <laughs> you? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like this is the only work experience I have and he's like don't worry it's
1: all you need well yeah Then at one point she's like well I've been stealing from you this whole time and he's like oh I've known this whole time he's, he's <laughs> like oh yeah I know their their oh. dialogue was
0: pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, yeah. He was probably the funniest one in the movie for me. And then, so yeah, we have we have the the three uh, finance bros who were in there. We had the actor and his mistress slash employee, and then we had like the this really old couple um, who, like, of course, they're extraordinarily rich, as everyone is in this group except for Margot. Um, yeah. and like this just old as fuck guy and his wife and it's set up that they are regulars there like they've been there the most out of anyone else which is crazy cuz like for this meal that is like thousands of dollars to be like a regular is like pretty disgusting if you really think about it like that is yeah. just gross that you can even do that and it's essentially set up that even though they are regulars there like that dude does again just buys the food, doesn't appreciate it. There's a point in the movie where uh, the chef asks him, can you name a single dish that I have prepared for you on all the times you've been here? And he's just like having a stroke in the chair. (laughs) Like doesn't have, doesn't really have a response. And it's like, yeah, you don't need to be here. You're just spending this money on a meal because you can, but you're bastardizing the art, you know. Also like one
1: thing to point out is every single meal is given like a whole monologue about how important it is and the mm-hmm. name of it and like they're really important and yet he still couldn't name one yeah like exactly a big deal. it's not
0: yeah it's not just like the it's not just like the fries you know it's like each each meal has like an intrinsic concept that is explored and the presentation yeah. is fucking immaculate like yeah i don't know i thought that was really cool and like as someone who like i really like cooking and everything like that so i guess i would be the one too, to get fucking killed in the show um but, like, uh, it really reminded me of, like, Chef's Table on Netflix where they, like, explore all of these different chefs around the world. And the cinematography on the meals and stuff is so good. Uh, they really, like, highlight the beauty of these, uh, of this craft that has kind of been perfected by these artisans. And they emulate that really, really well in the show. Like, I imagine they would have, they probably collaborated with, like, some kind of Michelin star chef to, like, to make the meals for this movie. Mm-hmm. So- until, until no. you know, the meals start devolving into other things. <laughs> they probably came up with that stuff on their own. But, like, for example, the scallop on the rock and all that bullshit, you know? But, yeah, yeah. Um, is that everyone in the group?
1: Um, and then you have his mom, who is just getting fucked up <laughs> in the <laughs> corner. <and laughs> yeah, the she is
0: time. just. she's just giving herself alcohol poisoning in the corner with, like, the amount of wine she's consuming. And I don't think she says a single word the whole movie, does she?
1: No, no. <laughs> she's just fucked up. Um, and it's explained that like she essentially thought he was like a huge disappointment, I basically. Which is um, wild
0: to me because it's like he's he is like the number one like chef on the planet, right? It's mm-hmm. like the CEO of fine cuisine.
1: Yeah, and then I guess we could talk about the chef. Um, the chef was actually a lot more interesting than I thought because mm-hmm. I thought he was just going to be like psycho killer. And what I really thought was that they were going to start eating each other or something. It was going to yeah. be something wild. but um,
0: Which I feel like would have been the easy route.
1: And I'm glad they didn't take that. Yeah, I am glad. I think it makes this movie better because another thing is he almost immediately notices that Margot is different from
0: everyone else. Mm-hmm. And he she's not, not on the she's list. Not, he's the only one in that group who's not like so immersed in her own bullshit. And he's like, look, you
1: are not like them. You're different, and I can notice that. And they have like multiple conversations throughout the movie about it, um, because she's an escort, and so mm-hmm. she's like, in a, in a way, also giving services. Um, and often similar to him, like shit, and yeah, often that, treated, yeah. not appreciated, treated like shit and stuff. And I thought it was really interesting that he wasn't just like super evil dick bag. Guy.
0: Yeah, because he, because um, basically, the movie kicks off at a certain point where someone dies. Um, and then that's when everyone knows, like, hmm, what this is, is not. One of his, like, <laughs> yeah just he blows his brains out. Yeah, he, dude, that was crazy to me. Like, um, so, essentially, the third meal, um, after the two, after the scallop and the bread, which were very normal types of food, uh, the sous chef comes up, and he's like, this meal was created by my sous chef, I don't even remember his name, Dave, whatever, um, and is just like, you know. And then he just starts, like, meticulously picking apart Dave's, like, entire life meaning. Like, he is just like, Dave, he's, he's disappointing. He, you know, he's good. Don't get me wrong. He's good, but he'll never be as good as me. Aren't you a disappointment, Dave? Like, he just, and then Dave just starts, like, crying. And as the chef just opens Dave's, like, deepest, darkest traumas, right, and it essentially culminates in Dave pulling out a gun and blowing his brains out. <laughs>
1: yeah. and he's it was just like holy shit, bro! You went and in on him. Yeah, yeah. It was it was hard to watch because all you of chill because out. it's not
0: just the chef. Like everyone in the kitchen is also in on this whole psycho plan. Yes, yes. Um, everyone in the kitchen knows that they're all dying that night. Um, yes, it's like their yeah. last performance, if you will. Right, and. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, and like, even his sous chef killing himself is like, I think probably, I'm not like part of this industry or anything, but I imagine it's like, you know, you have the sous chef of like, you know, these famous cooks like Gordon Ramsay or so and so like, I don't even think Gordon Ramsay like cooks at his own restaurants anymore. But you know what I mean? Like these famous Michelin star chefs who are like world renowned. And then you just have like their sous chef who will never like measure up to them, but basically like worship them. And like run mm-hmm. themselves ragged trying to please them and be like them. And it's like this unrealistic ideology that goes into it almost, like this sort of apprenticeship. That's what I imagine that was probably a commentary on.
1: Um, but yeah, yeah I, feel like- I think so too, because at one point Tyler is like asking around and he never asks about any of the other people. He only cares about the chef, the chef, mm-hmm. the chef, the chef. And I feel like that's pretty accurate to all of us too. Like, I don't fucking care who works with Gordon Ramsay. I care about Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, and it's the exactly. same idea where like no one really cares about all these other people that come together to make these meals work.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and like, I mean, I even like see, I feel like that is that sort of thing is like everywhere. Like, I even see that in like, I mean, like architecture where it's like they're like these star architects, you know, like Frank Gary or Zaha Hadid. And they're just like, oh my God, like they're so amazing. Like these individual people when it takes like, you know, Teams and teams of people to make like an incredible building happen, but it's just like this fixation on one person who makes like something who's a who plays like a very like small, finite piece of like the greater puzzle, you know. But there's only like one name attached to the final product, which is mm-hmm. really fucked up if you think about it, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, and so that's basically when you know shit's getting wild. When the sous chef blows his brains out, that's <laughs> that's when it's all gas, no brakes. And this right. is also the part where, um, where the chef basically takes Margot to the back and basically says like hey i know you're not one of these assholes you're one of us and he gives her like a proposition he's like you can you could stay back here with us you belong with us or you can make the choice to stay with them you know and he yeah. he's he's pretty 100 he's 100 percent honest about like everyone in here is dying but like the side of the aisle that you will die on is like your choice
1: yeah and i thought that was so interesting like he kept it real the whole time like, he wasn't trying to fuck with her, because yeah. she wasn't even supposed to be here. And it's not really mm-hmm. fair. And I think he even brings that up. Like, it's really not fair that you're here. And especially when he confronts Tyler. About which, it, because
0: he's like, who the fuck is this that you brought? <laughs> you know? Yeah, which I guess we could talk about. Because um, mm-hmm. I think that's so, the next meal, right?
1: I don't remember the order, but... Yeah, that doesn't matter. At one point, the chef comes up to Tyler, and he's like, look, you, I told you that everyone was going to
0: die before you came here because the, like, the whole thing with knew. tyler the whole thing with tyler is like people are when people start dying tyler doesn't is unfazed like oh yeah yeah, he is so fixated is on ship. yeah exactly like the guy blows his brains out and tyler's like hmm what's the concept like tyler he's fucking dead that's the concept like <laughs> this guy fucking killed himself in front of you um but yeah he is completely unfazed by all the crazy shit going on and of course course it makes sense when he realized that he knew that everyone there at the restaurant was going to die ahead of time and, then, and he was supposed to bring his wife yes
1: the but then so like that was the whole deal was that he was going to bring his wife but they broke up and she didn't want to go anymore so he to to come to this you had to come with the a, as a couple or mm-hmm. as like more than one yeah he had to have bring he had friends. to hire margo to come with him Knowing that so she obsessed, would die. knowing
0: he would be killing some random escort, yeah, which was which like, just, like super
1: fucked up. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. And this pisses the chef off because yeah. this is like because he calls her like an anomaly. Like it's not part of like the concept, right? Like she's not supposed to be there. Yeah, well, I
1: mean, that the whole thing is not for her. She's like a normal person. She'd be like me or you being there.
0: Yeah, like, yeah. It's supposed to punish like on. the one percent, you know. Whereas exactly, like, you know obviously if you're working as an escort you're not one of those people
1: yeah so then he makes him go make his own meal and yeah and it was like
0: impromptu which i fucking love because he's like this wasn't part of the plan but he's like tyler you know like you're gonna be cooking for everyone you're you know so much because that's the thing about tyler what is what was it called when the guy's like creating like the little spheres little balls like is that a something something the guy's like uh yeah like tyler like loves getting off on like knowing Knowing about the food he knew exactly
1: how it was made Mm -hmm. and what it was made with and what it is but then like they force him into the kitchen to make his own thing and he i mean he fucking sucks he doesn't cook food
0: (laughs) yeah so it's like (laughs) even like the commentary is so funny to me because i don't know he like throws some shallots or something in there and the chef's like oh that's really fucking original and tyler's just like sweating over there because like he doesn't know what he's doing
1: Yeah, yeah and then like when he, they produce his meal, and it gives that it does that same like stylistic shot of his plate, but it says like this is some dog shit. It
0: was, no, it's like the name of the dish was Tyler's bullshit. That was the yeah, name yeah, of yeah. the
1: dish, which I loved. Um, and the whole idea was that Tyler loves the food, but he has no like skill to to make the food, so he gets to cheat essentially by peeking behind the curtain is what it's like what he calls it, mm-hmm. and so like. And at the same time, Tyler puts in no risk into making anything or doing anything, right? right he just absolutely. knows, he just gets to enjoy and enjoy and enjoy, essentially. And when he's put right. to the fire, like, he has no idea what the fuck's going on. Yeah, He, he doesn't really appreciate the art of making...
0: He only knows how to consume. He yeah. doesn't know how to create anything, you know? And which is, like, the whole point, right? It's like, you you have, like, this obsession with an art form that you know really don't know anything about, right? Yeah, right. Uh, and so, yeah, it's like this almost toxic obsession with something that you think you're a part of, but you're not. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, like, make it your whole identity, you know? <laughs> so, and then right? so
1: the chef gives him a little talking to, and you don't hear what the chef
0: says. He's just <laughs> whispering in his ear, and Tyler just, like, eyes dilate.
1: <laughs> yeah, Tyler he does, like, just starts crying, and yeah. then immediately walks into the back and hangs <laughs> himself <laughs>
0: Which just, I fucking oh my love. God. It's like, dude, dude, like, the chef is, like, maxed out speech crass. Like, he passed the speech check to literally go make this guy kill himself. Which yeah. is <laughs> crazy. But, but, it's like, yes, that's crazy, but they, I think, because you're like, okay, that's absurd. Like, the fact that Tyler would go kill himself. but, they honestly do a wonderful job setting up the level of obsession that tyler has for the chef and because like when tyler because the whole thing is like when the chef is setting tyler up to cook he puts like the apron on him and everything's like tyler you know so much about food i am so proud of you and tyler's like oh yeah daddy yeah like oh my god yes thank you and then when tyler produces a literal steaming pile of shit on a plate then the chef is like tyler I'm really fucking disappointed in you. And then whispers some shit in his ear and you see Tyler literally begin to unravel like in 4k on the screen. And then he goes and kills himself. And it's like, I'm not at all surprised that Tyler killed himself. Like the level of obsession he has, they do a really good job setting up, you know, it's believable.
1: And I honestly, I feel like, at least my theory is that Tyler really never thought he was going to die. When he was right here. Like he didn't believe that he would die because he's the one who's like, ultimate dick writer Mm -hmm. um knows everything and appreciates everything yeah but
0: oh the chef like i love the chef so much like it's somehow gonna protect me
1: (laughs) exactly like you don't get protected for just being a fanboy
0: yeah exactly Um, and i think also like maybe that's a narrative on like parasocial you know sort of like relationships like people have like that in their mind whenever they're super obsessed with like a celebrity you know
1: yeah i agree because it's like he doesn't know you anyway
0: yeah exactly really? it's like bro you're definitely gonna die <laughs> like <laughs> nothing you say or do is gonna keep you alive yeah exactly yeah um yeah uh let's see i'm trying to remember everything else so there is a pure oh this one was weird um where they took everyone outside and gave them the opportunity to run
1: yeah man's folly yeah and it was the
0: idea that like
1: i i really i think it was just like the idea that you think you can get away, and that's your folly. Yeah. It's like your, I guess, arrogance, in a way. That one was pretty weird, and I'm not 100% sure on it.
0: Be well, because he basically frames it with, like, um, I guess the sh- uh, one of his, um, like, third-in-command, because second-in-command has gone now, uh, is a woman. And he sets this up by basically saying, like, I guess he came on to her at a certain point, right? And, um... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, okay. well, he
1: No, no. So she explains that he came on to her multiple times, yeah. and then when she rejected him, he basically ignored her for, like, a year. And so he is now facing his own punishment
0: okay and i kind of want to take a step back just because of the shears the scissors because she stabs him with shears which came from a dish before do you remember the shears yeah because yeah, he stabbed yeah. his dad with them so he he create he has a dish that he brings out where he basically unloads like his childhood trauma on the audience uh he said i can't remember exactly what it was but it's like his he had a super abusive father and his mom gets in a fight with the dad, and then the dad, I believe, tries to strangle his mom with, like, a telephone cord, and he rescues his mom by stabbing his dad with a pair of, like, kitchen shears. Yeah. Um... So, you know, that, that'll that fuck a kid up. I believe it. Uh, and then, you know, part of the concept, like, the dish is, like, there are, like, shears on the plate with, like, some food and everything like that. Um, and then later on, whenever he, he goes to Man's Folly, he basically allows uh, that female chef to stab him with, like, the same pair of shears or, like, based off the same pair of shears that he, like, stabbed his dad with. Like, he is, like, punished. He's, like, atoning for his own sins, I guess, by, like, allowing her to stab him. Um, yeah. Yeah, which was, like, part of the concept, I guess. And then he's, like, mm-hmm. all the women stay behind, but if you're a man, you have the opportunity to run. And, you know, if you get away, you get away. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so... And obviously none of them get away. None of them get away. Tyler fucking stays. This is before Tyler dies. Uh, Tyler like fucking stays because he already knows, you know, like what's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's just chilling. <laughs> dude, I mean this is fucked up. I like the old guy who was like cheating on his wife. Like I loved how he's like <laughs> and he's like, just, like fucking shuffling away like, like dude.
1: Like a hundred feet down the road and like a <laughs> heart attack.
0: <laughs> yeah, like like um because the chefs like go and chase them. And, uh, like some of the younger guys, you know, they get fucking like linebacker tackled, you know, but then the old guy, the chef just like one of the, you know, kitchen staff just walks up there and he's like, Hey man, like you're not getting away. And he's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> and then they just like walk him back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I thought what was really funny was like the, uh, the editor of like the food critic was like hiding in like the chicken coop or something. And he thought he got away and then he was the last one to get caught. So he got like a little treat. He got like a little <laughs> dessert. Yep
1: exactly so i which i guess was weird but like it essentially does nothing because they all come back anyway
0: yeah yeah Um, nothing really happened with it i think it was just like giving them false hope you know yeah um which like i think from like a narrative standpoint it wasn't like anything that crazy but just in terms of like i think it did inject like a little bit of excitement because without that scene really the whole thing would have just taken place in a single room so it was nice to just maybe, like, add a little bit of tension and be like, oh, will any of them get away? Who knows? And then, you know, right. anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so then we have... Tortillas? Is that when we have tortillas? Tortillas, I think. Yeah. Something we might like be getting that. the order of these the order a little wrong, but it doesn't really matter. Um, the tortillas
1: so, basically just explain each of their punishment or their flaws. Like, it, these tortillas have pictures on them of, like, their specific... Like, uh, his specific criticisms of them, which is really funny to me. And like, they're laundering money essentially, yeah, Yeah.
0: or like they're committing fraud or something like that. It was literally like a receipt of like all the uh, fucking accounts that they're scamming on a tortilla, Um, yeah, on a tortilla. And it's funny because a lot of these people are like, How the fuck did they get these tortillas? Like, because these are like pictures that like no one should have had, some of them were taken like a few minutes ago or something like that. Like, it was something crazy. Um, uh, let's see. For the washed-up actor, it was like his old movie, you know, uh, that is yes. that is set up that the chef did not like. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then, like, for the old old couple who are regulars, it was like the oh my god, this is crazy. You as you find out, the old couple never finds out, but Margo, oh, Margo, it was an orphan, and you find out that that old couple is her parents. They no, never... no,
1: no, 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 that's not what happened.
0: No, are you sure?
1: Dude, no. No, they... because
0: I thought the old guy, like, sexually harassed his daughter, which ended up being Margo. Because no. they say, like, you look like our daughter or something like that.
1: Because what happened was they are estranged from their daughter. And the old guy hired Margot because she looks like their daughter. And he jerked off to the idea of his daughter coming back to him and saying, I love you again. That was that whole point. So Margo That's was somehow not somehow worse
0: to me. Okay. <laughs> Margo That's was like, not their
1: daughter. She was oh, hired to look like the daughter. Gotcha, gotcha. And so okay, he could okay. jerk off to the idea of his daughter returning home again.
0: <laughs> yeah, Whoa. <dude. laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. That's pretty gnarly. I that's don't why like she that. was like,
1: that was fucking strange. Yeah. And that's why the mom was like, you look familiar. And then.
0: Yeah, you were on like, the Like, you look like our
1: daughter, but you're not our daughter. Yeah. Exactly. That's the whole thing.
0: Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. 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 Um, that's yeah, fucked that up. Sense. Yeah, that's fucked up. I mean, that's equally as fucked up, maybe a little bit more. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, hit it, man. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. So. And that's on the tortilla. Yep, that's on the tortilla, like, and it's wild because it's like, how the fuck did they get that picture? You know, ghosts, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Uh, let's see. So, yeah, after all this, when it starts getting really crazy, Margot has the opportunity, so she basically takes kind of her opportunity, when Tyler ends up being a total dick and she realizes that he brought her there to die, and then he dies, she's like, okay, well, fuck it, I'm gonna go to the back. I'm gonna go with the service staff. And... Uh, the chef asks her to go, which, okay, this is funny. The chef is like, oh, my assistant, like the hostess lady um, is like, oh, this, my dumbass assistant didn't bring me like this barrel of ingredients. Can you go get it? And right. Maria's was like, yeah, yeah, sure. Fucking I'll go do that. And so she goes and does obtain the barrel, but also goes to the chef's room.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And this and- is where we learn like the lore, chef lore.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he used to, he has um the only picture of him smiling is when he was like a picture of him working at like a fast food restaurant. It was like he's burgers. like
1: in and out flipping burgers.
0: Yeah. And it's like the only picture he has of himself like smiling. And he has all these other awards where he's not smiling.
1: Right? Yeah, like he gets this new restaurant on this island and he looks
0: fucking pissed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like cause the the joy of like his art form has been sucked out. Cause, you know, like whenever I go to fucking Freddy's and I and I get a burger. God damn, I'm happy. That shit is good. I have a smile on my face. But like these rich assholes are like consuming like the, you know, food so amazing and incredible that like only a fraction of Mm -hmm. the population will ever be able to experience like that flavor blast. Mm -hmm. And they don't appreciate it. They don't give a shit. Um. So I think that sets up that the chef missed making people happy with food. That's like where his joy of making food came. Yeah, and that's
1: like the point of making good meals, right? It's so people enjoy them. Mm -hmm. And he just hasn't had that in so long. And he almost forgot. And so this gives her the idea, like, of the cheeseburger, essentially. Later
0: on. But also, this is, there's a radio, and she radios in, like, the Coast Guard, like... uh, Yeah, which makes sense. That's what I would do, too. Yeah, smart. So she radios in the Coast Guard, gets all that stuff set up. Very important, you know, set up there. And then she leaves to go get the barrel. And then, like, the hostess lady confronts her and she's the hostess whole thing is she pulls a knife on margot and is like you're not gonna replace me um yeah she's like
1: brainwashed
0: That's yeah no she like yeah and then um margot ices her because she's main character and also taller so just you know st- stabs her and kills her with her own knife and <laughs> i thought it was really funny because like the host is like laying on the floor just like i didn't forget the barrel like <laughs> she's like i didn't fuck up Still i'm obsessed yeah, he's like end. still obsessed to the very end that she didn't mess up. It's like he didn't tell well, me about the barrel. It also tells you that like this was actually the chef's
1: way of giving Margot an escape. Essentially, that's yeah. how I read it. Because like obviously this cult obsessed lady would not forget the barrel. So it's like this is the chef trying his best to be nice.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And um, so she brings she brings the barrel back. Uh, and then let's see, I'm trying to think.
1: Because so she called the Coast Guard and she rings yeah, the yeah, barrel yeah. back and then the Coast Guard shows up and everyone's like, holy shit, we're saved. And then surprise, the Coast Guard is actually one of the chefs, which I <laughs> was
0: waiting for it. I was so waiting. for Yeah, because, like, like, obviously not. He, he plays the shit out of them, too, which is really funny because uh, he the chef is like, oh, there's, you know, nothing wrong here. And the guy's like, all right. And then one of the uh, the actor slips him a note that says, like, help us. Right. And then the Coast Guard makes like this whole show of pulling out his gun. and being like, all right, there's some bullshit afoot. And like, I was like, oh, shit, fuck. Yeah, we're saved and all that. Right. And then he like shoots the uh, he shoots the gun and like a little like flame pops out because it's just like a lighter. And everyone's like, God damn it. And he ends up (laughs) being part of the staff, which I thought was so funny. It was
1: just another like giving them hope that they were going to live and definitely not.
0: Yeah. No shot. You're all dying. And so Um, now
1: the chef is pissed at Margot because she called for help, which is pretty reasonable, but whatever. And then uh, this is where she's like, I want a fucking cheeseburger. One of those old ones from in and out
0: Uh, So what I think is real. Yeah, so he's pissed that she called the Coast Guard. And so he's like, you're sitting over there with the douchebags now. You're not sitting back here with me anymore. Um, And I want to take a step back. To a scene that I thought was really, this is actually towards the beginning. I kind of forgot about it. This is before Tyler dies or any real bullshit happens. I think it's after the bread, because she was very vocal about not liking the fucking bread or the lack of bread. There was no bread. That was the whole idea. And she's in the bathroom, and the chef like confronts her like in the bathroom, which I thought this was fascinating because he was like, "Why didn't you like my food?" And she's just like, "What do you fucking mean? What food?" And he's like, "I." put like so much effort into like my food and its concepts. I want to know why you didn't like it. And like, she was trying to just be like, what the fuck dude? like? There was no food. Like it was a stupid ass concept, you know, like there wasn't any food. Right. Right. And yeah. so like, I, I think it sets up like how much he cares about the food and the fact that he is bewildered that I think this was the, this was the main tip off that she wasn't like what, like a rich asshole essentially. Cause like, He knew she wasn't supposed to be there because Tyler was supposed to bring his wife. But I think this was his tip off that she is like a service worker and like isn't so immersed in like these bullshit concepts behind like the lack of food on the plate. You know, like she wasn't enamored with it or anything. Um, So then Mm -hmm. paralleling that, like coming back to when, you know, she pisses him off by calling the Coast Guard and all that. uh, She's sitting at the table and they're making like the uh, what is it? he makes her like another course or something like that. She's like, "I don't want to eat this." And he's like, "Well, why don't you want to eat it?" She's like, "I am send Oh yeah, she's like, "I'm sending it back."
1: Mm-hmm. And he's like,
0: he's like, "You can't send the food back." And she's like, "Oh, yes, I fucking can. I'm sending the fucking food back." And he's just like, "Well, what the fuck do you want then?" I love this part. I thought this was so cool. Because right. she's like, "I want a, a fucking cheeseburger. American cheese." And he's like, "Oh yeah." Okay, American cheese is good. Like you he is like enjoying the fact that she just wants a cheeseburger now. You can like see the smile on his face. And he's just like she's like, Do you serve cheeseburgers? She's like, Yeah. And she he's he's like, How do you want it cooked? What kind of cheese do you want? Oh yeah, that's that's a good choice of cheese. Okay. <laughs> Toasted bun. And he is like actually excited about just making a cheeseburger. And you see him smile again as mm-hmm. he makes her this fucking cheeseburger. Yeah. I thought this was great. This is and a great so- thing.
1: Right, and then so like it reminds him of the love he had for cooking, and since she did that, she gets to leave. Yeah, which is a big W. <laughs> that is, a and big you deal. know what it what I was thinking of the whole time. It reminded me exactly of Ratatouille. Yes, <laughs> the ending of Ratatouille. where like the this is the, obviously flipped because it's the critic, but it reminds him of the love they had for food as a child or something yeah and like this ultimately saves the day you know it was like adult ratatouille
0: (laughs) yeah where people die but uh, but i loved it because like she eats the cheeseburger really enjoys it she has like fries and everything too and then she's just like oh you know i think my eyes are bigger than my stomach can i get the rest to go and he's like you see like the realization in his eyes like this is how she's getting away and he knows but he's like Of course, we have a to-go box, and he like boxes the food up for her and everything, and just like lets her leave. I thought Mm -hmm. that was great. (laughs) Then everyone gets, everyone else gets smored. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um, (laughs) Before they get smored, one of my probably one of my favorite things was um, everyone's going crazy, and like I just remember this, but like everyone's going crazy, and the chef looks at them and he's like, "Look." if you guys tried harder to leave, you probably could have done it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love that, too. He was like,
1: you could have easily all overpowered But I was thinking up. that, too, uh, when I was watching this. I was like, if you all like banded together, you could probably get out of here, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you could at least give it a fucking shot, but they never did. They never even um, attempted it. Which is, I guess, a sense of pride, I would say. Mm-hmm. that's like a criticism of their pride, that they thought they could never die like this. Not even like um, just the
0: pride, but I think it's also like they're so... Um, they're so used to people doing things for them and, like, being, Mm -hmm. like, served as opposed to, like, having to solve problems by themselves and, like... Because, like, uh, you get a group of normal people, you know, in, you know, uh, fucking Wendy's in that situation, and they're all, like, rebelling, right? (laughs) Uh, But you have a bunch of these rich assholes who, like, never have to lift a finger for anything, really, and they're just, like, in disbelief, like, how dare you, you know, the the gall that you would try to do something to me, you know who I am, you know who I work for, you know? Um, Oh, well, okay, before the s'more thing, uh, there's something kind of important. So, you know the three douchebags who say, like, do you know who I work for? Mr. So-and-so, Mr. Harwood, I don't fucking know. Um, But the chef is like, oh, yeah, um, I do know who you work for. Did you know he actually owns this island? Can you look out that window for me? And there's Mr. Big Man himself tied up. And he just lowers him into the ocean and kills him. And he's like, so... What are you going to do now, boys? <laughs> yeah, They just killed this big bad boss. Yeah, exactly. And that's when they realize like, oh, this because they're just like, um, like, oh, we're going to get the cops like you're they're not going to let you get away with this. It's just like, boy, like, we're all dying here tonight anyway. It yeah. doesn't really matter. And they're just like, oh, shit.
1: But I just appreciated like, I don't know if I've ever heard that in a horror movie like this. Or like you you could have just gotten out. <laughs> like, I was thinking the same thing. yeah, But yeah, obviously yeah. these guys are just terrible, yeah, so.
0: exactly. Um, and then and they get s'mored. yeah, they get more like they turn the whole thing into like this big artistic smore board and they give everyone like like big mushroom bibs and everything like that. It's like you know the the concept it was actually kind of reminded me of, like midsummer because like everyone has like these mm-hmm. crazy big like arrangements put on them and then they just set the building on fire and blows everyone up
1: yeah yeah and then Margot gets away essentially. and then the yeah
0: Margot hops on the boat and uh, drives it out to sea, and then you see shit explode, and she's just eating her cheeseburger, and that's how the movie ends.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: yeah, I, I really it. enjoyed it. yeah, I did too. I, it was so different, I guess. Like I had never really seen like, a it's always refreshing when you watch a movie. and you're like, oh, that was like pretty original. Like I didn't it was super dark and fucked up, but it was also really funny. the The humor lands most of the time, you know,
1: yeah. Uh I really enjoyed it. I think one of my only criticisms really is I feel like the characters were pretty over the like they were pretty overtly evil and like and you're like on one hand that's the point is that these people are like kind of one dimensional and evil but also, also on the other hand they
0: are one dimensional Also though to be fair like um it's set up that the chef invited them specifically so yeah, it is all had to be like the collection RPG. of his least favorite patrons. I think. Exactly.
1: Yeah, but yeah, exactly. So like that's kind of the point, but also that is what they are kind yeah. of situation, which I understand, but it's just like, I don't know. I don't know. How, I don't know how to feel about it. If it's even a criticism, you know what I'm saying?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I kind of agree. Like. I don't I can't really think of any major complaints I have about the movie. It was just really different. Like I feel like everything it tries to do is pretty successful. Mm-hmm. Um, even even not like the acting. The acting. There are points in this movie that's like half dark, you know, thriller, half comedy, and then you get like these little bits of really good acting too. You know, yeah, like, um,
1: Tyler has to go kill himself. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. Seriously.
0: Him. Um. Or even like the sous chef's whole monologue before killing himself. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. All that is just really everything's really well done. Um, Yeah, I I don't really have any major complaints to be honest. So, yeah. Uh, Do you want to give it like a quick rating so we can keep moving?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna give this one an eight. I feel really good about it. I think it's pretty great. Uh, I would definitely recommend it to somebody. Um, I think the plot was like it was like a pretty simple movie, but all of it, all of the points, and I think everything it was trying to say landed. And it was funny and entertaining. Uh, I would definitely watch it again. Um, Yeah, I'm giving it an 8. What do you think?
0: Um, I think I'm going to pretty much give. I'm going to give it like an 8.5. I was really tempted to give it a 9. Because I I just thoroughly enjoyed every part of the movie. Down to like the cinematography and everything like that. The acting, the comedy. It all really hits. Um, But I think I do resonate that comment you made. That it is... Very simple. Uh, there aren't really any twists or anything. It's, like, the writing... it Or, like, I guess not the writing. The writing is good. The plot, though, is nothing crazy, I guess. And um, it's actually kind of a short movie, too. I don't even think... It's, like, not even two hours, right? If I remember yeah. correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, like, it is a little bit short. It doesn't, like, explore anything crazier than, like... Kind of what you see is what you get. But what you get is also really, really good. So, overall, I'm not at all disappointed with it. So I'm going to give it an eight and a half. Can't quite give it a nine.
1: Yeah. I pretty much agree.
0: Yeah. Absolutely, man. Um,
1: and now so we move on. About,
0: yeah. Let's talk about Blade Runner.
1: Blade Runner 2049. This is an older one, but um, I had, good? yeah, had some staying power and Solomon finally saw it.
0: Yeah. I finally saw it. And um, so <laughs> I remember, I think it was like 2017 when this movie came out, and I saw a trailer for it, I just remember thinking, like, oh, that just looks like such a soulless cash grab from, like, the original Blade Runner. And I feel like during 2017, there were a lot... I think during this time period, what made me think that was there were a lot of reboots happening at that time, and a lot of them were just cash grabs. there were reboots
1: happening all the time. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, Maybe I had, like, a bad taste in my mouth from something else that I had seen, but I just remember thinking, like, that looks soulless you know why would i would ever watch that um and then i just i saw like a clip or something from the movie maybe on instagram i don't remember where but i was like oh it actually looks kind of interesting i should watch it and then zach was like it's it's really fucking good you should watch it so i did <laughs> so you <we> did <laughs> it, and it is really fucking good it is a wonderful movie
1: Dirk. Yeah, it's like a great slow burn. And at- I love the atmosphere of the movie um, with the cinematography and especially how they directed the city itself. Um, like all the neon, the like dystopian neon signs mm-hmm. and how dirty everything is. Everything, and- all the buildings
0: are just like these concrete blocks with neon advertisements all over the place. Like even like um in terms of like an aesthetic, uh, like Cyberpunk 2077. Like, the game is dystopian, but this, like, takes that to, like, the next level. Like, this looks like a truly fucking miserable place to exist.
1: Like, it's I mean, love when he's, he's, like, flying through the city, and he's, like, and this is one thing that Denny Villeneuve, Villeneuve. <laughs> I think one thing he does really great is, like, show a sense of scale, because he did this with Dune, too, but, mm-hmm. like, in this movie, like, so he'll be flying through the city, and he's, like, essentially in the shot, he's, like, a speck, On the fucking in the shot, and you have these giant neo
0: neo LA in the future, and yeah, and it's
1: massive. Like, you you seriously get a sense of scale of like this is like a super city, and there's just concrete. Horizon was a (laughs) shithole, yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it.
0: Yeah, it was huge. Um, and I, I, the so let's just start with the cinematography because it's fucking immaculate. Every shot in this movie is a work of art, and like. The sense of scale, all the sci-fi elements are done really well. Um, even things down to, like, lighting and stuff like that. Like, you know, I don't even really, like... Even, like, the film grain in this movie, like, stood out to me at certain points. Like, whenever he's, like, in Vegas seeing, uh, you know, uh, Harrison Ford and all that. Like, I'm just like, god damn. Like, this is, like... This is a work of art. Um, but also, I mean, like, all the settings and everything, too, are done super well. There's almost, like, this... He really, like, a. Uh, highlights like the architectural elements of this sci-fi dystopian setting um god it's just beautiful I I don't even know how to fully articulate everything like if you haven't seen it and you just really enjoy quality uh quality sci-fi um settings and everything like that this is the movie for you it looks wonderful it's truly truly beautiful it's a joy to watch um yeah I agree I love Ryan Gosling as our protagonist in this movie. Yeah, he's the ultimate Sigma male. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, I, it's a running joke. It's like, dude, he's literally me. <laughs> yeah. You know? The stoic fucking hero. Yeah, and I, one of the things that I think Ryan Gosling does really well is he does a wonderful job of playing very emotionally reserved characters in all of his movies. And in this movie, his, his whole way of life Depends on him staying emotionally reserved because uh, he's a synthetic human and they basically have to stay within like these certain baseline parameters of how they act or else they're going to like put you down because he's a Blade Runner. So he hunts down unregistered synthetic humans who have like escaped basically and gone AWOL. Right. Yeah, um, exactly. And like there's like. Because the whole idea
1: difference. is like, oh, what's the difference between a synthetic human and a human? Really nothing. Except synthetic humans it. are better in every way. Yeah, synthetics of humans are better and they're more dangerous, but, like, mm-hmm. essentially there's nothing different, and yet they're oppressed for side, essentially, yeah. you know, for being in the like, class they're
0: in. Yeah, because, like, the first guy he goes and hunts down, he's not, like, planning a terrorist attack or anything. He's just a farmer. He's like, yeah, man, I just, I'm just i just running a a protein farm over here, growing grubs in the backyard, you know, um, and Ryan Goss is like, that's crazy, I gotta put you down. <laughs> you know yeah. i can bring you or, in hot or i can bring you in cold sort of oh thing. you
1: enjoy that emotion detected <laughs> yeah
0: exactly like yeah no i'm like, i'm going to hunt your ass down and one of the things that i think is really interesting is in the beginning of the movie ryan gosling says certain things about like um he almost like looks down on like these older models cuz uh um the guy is like you know how do you feel like hunting your own kind down and he's like he basically says something along the lines of like we're not the same like the uh, only like um the newer models never run, you know, and it's yeah. just like he even has like a stigma against like these older versions of synthetic humans that maybe he feels like misrepresented and makes him look bad because like his life is pretty terrible and because he's a synthetic human he has to report it to everyone that like, he basically like put his ass down anytime they feel threatened, you know, uh, yep. and so maybe he has like a sense of resentment for these other synthetics that have run away right mm-hmm. and made his life awful. Yeah, um, and it's then pretty, it's a pretty
1: interesting thing to think about.
0: Yeah, right. Um, and he also so during this uh fucking hit, <laughs> he finds this box buried uh under like a tree, which is pretty interesting because like it's fucking depressing, but it's pretty much set up that, like people haven't seen like a real tree in ages, like they're all fucking dead. And they dig up this box, and it has the buried remains of a synthetic human, and they're analyzing it at the police department to like identify who it belongs to and all these things. And they find that the there is evidence that there was like a childbirth, like that took place, whichever whichever was tweaking out about because they're like since synth, the synthetic people cannot have children, right? Like as far as they well, know, that, well,
1: like that's one of the defining factors that like what makes you a human well the synthetic people yeah synthetic people can't reproduce they're not human oh oh it's like well (laughs) sorry which is really
0: interesting because ryan goss is like damn that's crazy that's actually like a huge discovery we've made um and then the police chief lady is like yeah we do not leak this to the press everyone keeps their fucking mouth shut about this because she, her whole thing is like, we maintain order, and if people start learning that synthetic humans can reproduce and they're no different than us, then there's going to be a fucking problem, right? There's going to be like an uprising on our hands, and we can't have that. So she literally, tells, um, she literally tells Ryan Gosling, like, hey man, go hunt down this fucking kid. You know? Like, get rid of the evidence, right? So yep. his whole job is to go find her. And then this is where uh, fucking David Leto Gets involved where it's David. Jared Leto. Or sorry, why did I say David? Jared Leto gets involved. I fucking hate Jared Leto. Um, you know. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> Such a fucking menace. He has a cult. Fun fact. Jared Leto literally like has his own cult. And I don't yeah, know. I generally feel like every movie he's in, he makes worse. He's not he's not bad in this movie, but I would certainly he say he does not, not make this movie
1: worse. Or are you kidding? He, he plays perfect. I think he plays a great maniacal, like he's fine. Uh, yeah, because he was just being himself. Okay. (laughs) I think he plays a great uh, character that's obsessed with his god complex in this movie. Yeah,
0: literally him. He has his own cult of people who worship him. He was just being himself. Uh, No, okay. He's fine in this movie. He's fine. Um, He doesn't make it any worse. And he's a decent villain. Uh, But, yeah, so basically, this is really interesting. Because the movie, as... Um, what is Ryan Gosling's character name? Well, his name is hey. Joe, but it's like him, K six O something something. I'm gonna call him Ryan. Uh, so Ryan, it goes, and his whole thing in this movie is tracking down this kid, looking up records, all these things, trying to find out where this kid went. And it leaves you these little breadcrumbs, and you start to draw conclusions. And that is what makes this movie a masterpiece of writing. So basically he goes to like the archives because uh, the corporation the same corporation makes all of these synthetic people and essentially there there was a first corporation that made them really well but they went bankrupt and so this new corporation stepped in took over their production um and it's essentially set up that so Ryan Gosling goes to the archives figures out that there isn't supposedly nothing remarkable about this woman that they found the remains of the synthetic person um But, so Harrison Ford's character in the initial Blade Runner, right? um, They set up that, like, he even makes the comment, like, oh, you can tell that he has, like, or he has feelings for, like, this woman, this synthetic person that he's talking to. You know, he's, like, trying to provoke her and, like, flirt and all that. That's, like, a little breadcrumb. Um, And so then this tips off uh, Jared Leto and, like, his little synthetic like hench woman <laughs> who's like she, she, yeah. she's evil i mean i mean she's just a psychotic evil woman um that hey uh like the original corporation like they're f- they figured out how to create synthetic humans that could reproduce and they want to do that because it's a set it's set up that they can't produce these i mean they're slaves that's the whole thing like they are slaves that keep everything running they can't make them fast enough there's endless demand for them and they're really hard to produce Uh, understandably right you're making you're growing a person in a test tube and so he's like if i mean god this is fucked up but if the slaves could reproduce we could make a whole lot more slaves right uh so he gives his assistant the task of finding this kid and bringing him in bringing them in right uh as uh as Ryan Gosling is doing so simultaneously. And she's kind of using him to go find these breadcrumbs for her to find the kid. Mm -hmm. Um, so do you want to introduce like Ryan's relationship with joy?
1: Yeah. Um, Brian has, this is like a really interesting dystopian concept where like Ryan essentially buys a girlfriend, um, who is joy. Who's this AI that, Like basically lives in his house through like a hologram projector, and he has a relationship with her that is pretty fucked up (laughs) because she's not real. Yeah. Um. But he definitely has a relationship with her, and she's like like,
0: product. Like it's not like this special AI that he made and all that. Like this is something you can go and just like buy. Like their version of Apple. A girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a Um, mass manufactured product. Um, Right,
1: and throughout the movie. You like they have a relationship, and you see like they genuinely have a relationship, and they share he special moments with each other. He thinks they do,
0: but you he has fooled of... himself into believing that this relationship is genuine and not fabricated. Um, yeah, because I think is really he's a product at yes. the end of the day, right? And yeah, it's a yeah. These are not tweaked or anything. This is just off the assembly line. It's like millions of others made like her, and. Um, she says what he wants what she knows he wants to hear, right? And what's interesting, though, about this is not joy or their relationship because it's fake, right? But it is the fact that he is not really supposed to be feeling these things. Like, obviously, people don't want to shack up with like a synthetic person because they're like ostracized from society. Um, but also, um he's not really like supposed i mean my understanding is like he's not really supposed to like feel affection because it's like not part of his baseline like if he had like a real relationship with someone else that would be like not okay and they decommission him right yep uh so it's like oh he's longing i mean he's longing for real affection you know and this is like a band-aid he's slapping on the issue uh but it hints that there's more underneath the surface, which is basically just trying to say like synthetic people have obtained sentience and they're real. Right. Oh
1: yeah. That's like one of the obvious things, right? The whole question throughout the movie is like, what's the difference between a synthetic and a person? And it's basically, it's really nothing. It's basically nothing. Um, and that's like the whole dystopian concept where it's like, what makes you human? And this is kind of what the first movie was about too, is like, what's the difference? What's the real difference? Mm -hmm. There's nothing. Um, And the only yeah. thing that keeps you as acting like a synthetic is your belief that you are it, if mm-hmm. that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Because, uh, okay, because yeah. here's the thing. Ryan has these memories that he thinks are fake. They set it up that the memories are falsely implanted into them to give them a personality. And it raises this question of, like, what is your personality if not just a collection of memories and experiences that make you the person you are and they're so they're like okay so we got to find this kid let's let's go to see who makes the memories so they go to like this lab where this woman it's set up that she has an immune disorder and like going off planet is like where all the rich people go because earth is like a hellhole now it's awful and so all the rich people live like on other planets i assume And yeah, I don't remember. I think it's on the moon on the moon or other planets or, you know, whatever, not here (laughs) anywhere, but here. And she wasn't able to go off world because she has immune disorder. So she's got to stay in like this super high tech bubble that she can also like manipulate, uh, like her environment and stuff too, with like technology. And she is the one who makes all of these memories. And so, um, Ryan has this very specific memory of like having this wooden horse and, you know all these things and she can let him know if it's real or not. So, he's like, "Can you look at it?" She looks at his memory uh and begins to cry. Um and she's like, "Yeah, someone lived these memories, you know." And she's like, "What makes memories so good and realistic is like the the artist leaves part of themselves in their work of art." Um so you don't the you don't think anything of that comment until later. And so he's... Yeah, which you know. is
1: like kind of a big deal and is one of the things that I don't understand. But we can get to that later, I guess. Okay. Like this cool. whole, the whole thing with the memory lady and like, well, one thing that we can talk about is when Ryan is looking through uh, certain databases and looking for clues, like he looks at the genome of like the synthetic and looks at like different people's DNA that are like in yeah. the system. He comes across this situation where there's twins. There's a boy, there was a son and a daughter. And it says something like, the son
0: died or went missing. The, the, the daughter died and the son went missing. That was the whole well, thing. And they, then two people can't have the same genome. So he's like, oh, this is fabricated. This isn't
1: real. Right, but it says, well, it says that the daughter was immunocompromised. And it's like basically lays out her exact fucking disease. And I never understood why he never picked up on that. Well, yeah. Like, Like, so, like, he looks up these kids that he's been looking for, and one of them is the immunocompromised uh, kid that deals with these synthetics. And then, like, the only person we meet in this movie that's in the bubble because she's so immunocompromised never, like, sets off any bells for him. Yeah, so
0: I think that's where the brilliance of this movie lies. Because you and the audience and him, you think this is a story about him. So, like, I I remember now that you bring that up, but at this point in the movie, I was so convinced that Ryan was the son because you're like, oh, she's dead. He's the son that they were covering up for. Whereas, like, that was the bread trail that they left on purpose to, like, lead people away from her, right? And so, like, I think it's like the the whole theme of this movie is that people want to believe they're special, and Ryan thought he was the kid, that he was special, and you as the audience are already convinced after, like, two breadcrumbs that he's the one. Joy spends the whole movie telling him that he is special and unique. And so that's where the brilliance of it lies. It's like, well, yeah, like, you know, there's a a potential clue that leads him away from the probability that he's special, but that's not what he wants to find. He's seeing what he wants to see. Right, but you would... But like I remember
1: watching it and every time I've watched it I've always thought like why did that not like he just never even thinks about it or asks about it. Yeah. I think that's so bizarre and she's the memory dealer. Like she is like <laughs> yeah. so the, crucial mer- the memory in this whole smith. Thing. Yeah. Um and there's like m- way more questions I have later on because well I guess we could talk about it. She is the memory dealer and he gets her his memories from her. And her So she's the chosen one, right? Right. Which is what we figure out, right? Um. She, her memories were
0: accidentally implanted into him. I don't think it. No, it wasn't an accident. They didn't. You think it on purpose? Yeah, I thought so. My understanding was this was part of the broader plan. She was supposed to import her memories into Ryan Gosling. Was the scapegoat, like? She was supposed to implant her memories into him so that everyone hunting them would think he was the son and kill him, make, making her safe. Okay. I, 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 I kind of get you. Yeah, that was, my, that was how I understood it. Like, this was part of the plan. He was supposed to get fucked, and he does.
1: Because he would just
0: reveal himself? Well, like, as he uncovers these breadcrumbs, he comes to, the, like, um the lady that you meet at the end, the one without the eye, was like, we laid out this whole path to keep her safe. And so, like, he was the one who uncovered all these breadcrumbs, coming to the realization that he was...
1: So he was, like... So when he was... The genesis of him was with these memories, right? Uh Uh-huh. So he was given these memories, and then... This is where it always confuses me, because he just happens to get the case that has to deal with the memory that he has. So, like, was the police chief in on it, too? Because she gave him that case that led him to the to the house with the tree.
0: Uh, maybe. Do you know what I'm saying? Maybe. Because but, like, but remember, like, his whole job is to hunt down synthetics. Like, yeah, like, because remember, like, they got to choose, and I would also have the to. Memory. So, like, it would make sense. Like, okay, we want this synthetic to go down this whole breadcrumb trail that we've left. So logically, the person that we would implant these memories with is the guy but whose I whole job is to hunt down. I assume there are more Blade
1: Runners than just him.
0: No, yeah, 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 but like I, I, I so truly think like any any Blade Runner would have done. I really think any Blade Runner would have done.
1: So, wait, what? So, like, were all the Blade Runners given
0: this memory? No, 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 no. Like, I think they could have. They gave it to him, but because they could also, have given it end, to any. They could have given it to any other Blade Runner hunting down since. And I think they but, would have probably some, They would have eventually like come upon that because like the whole but they reason. They would have to go to Dave Batista's house. Right. I think no, but I think yeah, like Dave Bautista's house is what kind of kicks it off, right? But I really think the big pick the big piece of the puzzle here is like him exploring his own memories that he has. Which like I think he would have done anyway to a certain point.
1: I don't think he would have, because the only thing that sets that off is like if he never went to Dave Bautista's house, he's never finding that horse or going down this path. Yeah. May-
0: maybe, maybe. Because um,
1: also at the end when like he meets the group of people, and the group of people essentially say like, "Oh, we all thought we were special." And so then I'm thinking, like, I didn't understand.
0: Did no, all- they don't say that. No, 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 they don't say that. She she makes the comment like, "We all want to be special. Like we all we would all love to be this main character that we've alluded to this whole movie." The, the- well, I
1: remember her her saying like, "We all thought that too. Like we all thought we were the main character."
0: I remember her saying we we would all like love to think that we're the main character. I don't think she ever says that they all genuinely thought that they were yeah. the the natural born synthetic human. Okay. Yeah, I think she's. I think she's basically she's the commentary when you boil it down was that everyone wants to think they're special, but really yeah, right. most, yeah. most of the time they're not.
1: Yeah. Um. But, but um. Yeah, the whole memory thing gets all fucky. And I don't. I've watched it a couple times and I never understood it because, like, I guess it just kind of worked out. (laughs) I don't know.
0: Um, I don't know. I think the plot is a little bit intricate. And maybe there are, like, a few things you can pick apart. But I think, like, the message and, like, thematically what they do with it is so successful that I can kind of overlook those things a little bit. Because it's not like. It's not like, oh, like the, I mean, I think it's well done, but it's, for me, I'm like the ideas, I mean, oh my God, going back to the menu, the concept, right? The unifying concept is so successful and strong and different that I'm like, maybe we didn't get there. Like, yeah. you know, you know, we got like an, instead of a 100% on the assignment, we got like a 90%, but the final product is so good. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Yeah um so yeah he goes and investigates the horse the orphanage you know because it turns out these kids are sent to the orphanage which is also part of the plan and he finds the horse that is in his memories and so at this point he's locked in like oh my god it's it's me i am the natural born kid and then he goes and talks to uh to harrison ford who's hanging out in Vegas. what was vegas mm-hmm. and um harrison
1: ford's just kind of fucking hiding out he, hiding yeah out. he
0: thinks harrison ford is his dad Um, there again, all these little clues and pieces of dialogue and everything basically point to Ryan Gosling being the kid and you know, uh, they, the villains go, who are tracking him this whole time, go and capture Harrison Ford and joy has like this little portable flash drive that he's carrying her around on. And so this is actually my only complaint about the movie. Is so they beat the shit out of Ryan Gosling and destroy his joy. Um, so he likes like his girlfriend. Girlfriend's
1: essentially dead.
0: Yeah, like they basically like kill his girlfriend, his only like beacon of happiness in front of him. Was pretty fucked up. Um, yeah. and my only thing is like because they won, the bad guys won. I mean, they fucking mug him <laughs> and steal. Cause Harrison, Harrison
1: Ford, well, well, like one thing is like Harrison Ford has the the sacred knowledge. Yeah, because they knows, know because he his wife was the one his wife was the synthetic who like birthed yeah. the children exactly
0: so he and knows everything he knows everything and they're just going to start and pulling out knows, fingernails. Like, the rebellion plan yeah, yeah, yeah. they're going to pull, pull out his fingernails until he talks but yeah. they leave ryan gosling there alive for no reason yeah that well that's another thing that, for me, me is like understand. why would you leave this loose end who does come back to bite you in the ass Cause she's literally like, you know, you're a fucking dog and we've been using you this whole time. I'm going to kill your fucking, uh, I'm going to kill your girlfriend basically in front of you and leave you alive and just hope that you don't try to exact revenge. Cause they also know he's pretty dangerous. Like synthetic humans are stronger, faster, essentially better than regular people. Uh, you, one thing about this movie that I kind of like, except for the very, very end is like the action in this movie is really subtle. So there aren't any real long drawn out fight scenes, but there will yeah. just be a scene of like Ryan Gosling after his ship is shot down by these scavengers just effortlessly picks a dude up and breaks his back, whips out his pistol and auto-aims four guys <laughs> in the fucking temple and just says like back up. Like it like it wasn't a big deal that he just killed five people in the span of ten seconds. Yeah. The, so there will be little things like that where I'm like, Well, I also
1: like is like the whole. scene that we're talking about when like they're running from the cops at Harrison Ford's place, yeah. and Harrison Ford, like, goes through the door, and Ryan Gosling just casually busts through the fucking wall.
0: Yeah. It's
1: like, whoa, like, it kind of just reminds you that these dudes are built fucking different.
0: Yeah, they're playing with cheat codes, and again, it's like, they are pretty much better than normal people in every yeah. way, right? Uh, they do a really good job showing that off. And um, so, yeah, they capture Harrison Ford, leave Ryan Gosling I alive.
1: They should have just killed him. Because they served his purpose and they got Harrison Ford.
0: Yeah, they should've they should have killed him, or at least brought him along. Maybe he knows something. It's super convenient that they just left him there. For me, that's the only thing where I saw that and I was like, oh man, that's that's rough. That's a little lazy. And you see I feel like you see that a lot in movies, where it's like the enemy leaves the protagonist alive, and you're like, why? Why? Like you've already killed so many people. Why would you not just kill this guy? It's because they need him, right? Uh so This was interesting. He gets rescued. Oh, yeah. So he gets rescued by this prostitute that he had sex with before, which is wild to me because I'm like, who is this? But you find out she is actually a synthetic who is like working with the rebellion. Yep. And she with the rebels. Yeah. So she and her homies knew to go pick him up well, that's my only other thing like how do they know to come save him unless they were like coming to go report to harrison for i mean maybe that's what it is they needed to go check in. I would, yeah Ford. i
1: assumed that like and they're, they like, had known that he got blown up
0: yeah, yeah the building is smoking and we don't know where he is so we should probably go check in right yeah uh, but she rescues him and brings him to the rebellion and this is where he's like i am i am the chosen one i'm the main character and she's like no, it was actually a girl. And he's like, what? <laughs> she's like, no, like <laughs> yeah. it was. It's She's like, it's not you. Oh, uh, she's like, she was literally like, oh, you were like convinced that it was you. Me in the audience was like, it's not him. <laughs> and like, then they like lay out all of the clues and everything like that. And then you realize like it was the girl in the bubble the whole time. It was, you know, the one making the memories. It was her memories that she implanted onto him.
1: So that's yeah. like earth
0: shattering for him because you think he's because, like, his life he was a lie. Like, all yes, are I alive. love how this movie you're par- you parallel with his thought process the whole movie. You he thinks he's special, you're convinced as the audience that he's special. Ryan, you and him are both mind blown. You realize it's not him, and then like just unraveling his whole life because, uh, the rebellious lady's like, Look, here, here's the thing, you're not special, but. You need to go save Harrison Ford. I think she says, like, go kill him, which is, like, wild to me. Like, why don't you just save him? But um, basically to... to Because they're starting an uprising. It's a full-on synthetic human rebellion. They've got the whole army yeah. and everything in the background. And yeah. so, yeah, she's like, go rescue slash end Harrison Ford to protect the secret of this uprising that's going to be happening. And then they just double down on, like, the fact that his whole life is a lie and nothing about him is special. He's the iconic scene... Where he's walking in the rain, and then this giant holographic uh, advertisement of Joy that looks just like his says like, you know, you look lonely. I can fix that. Um, and then she says the comment like, you look like a good Joe. Where yeah. his, when he thinks and has been convinced by his Joy that he is the real. like synthetic child that who was natural born. She's like, you need a name. How about Joe? Like you'd be a good Joe. And she's like, you're special, you know? And this advertisement calls him Joe. And then the advertisement ends with her standing next to this text that says like, you know, joy tells you everything you want to hear. shows you everything you want to see. And he realizes like this fucking this thing to me that i thought was real was a lie i thought i was special but i'm not special i thought my relationship was real when it wasn't real and it's his realization that he's not special which is super interesting to me and this is when he makes a decision he's not special until he realizes he isn't and then it's when he realizes that nothing about him has really culminated in anything that he becomes the hero If that makes sense. Well,
1: like the idea that I like is that you're not a hero by birth, right? It's the actions that you take that define you as a hero. Yeah, what makes
0: him the hero is he goes and saves the person who is special, you know. And like this Um, is like, I mean, I don't know. It's like Cordy, but like he still goes and does the right thing. And it's like from like the audience's perspective, what makes him special is not how he was born or anything like that. What makes him special is like the fact that like he's our protagonist and he does the right thing anyway. And that's yeah, what it's just it the special. actions that you take, that's what defines you exactly. Um, so yeah, I love that, and then yeah, but yeah but he
1: not, you know, not this one another thing that I've never understood, not to sour it, but um, not dealing with me. No, 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 well, I'm opening your eyes, <laughs> um, I know, but so not dealing with that, but like, so one of the things is that they are t- so the plan is that evil corporation needs to take. Harrison Ford to the moon so they they can torture him. That's the plan. That's why they didn't just like, they didn't just fucking pull his uh, like fingernails out at his house. And I never understood that. (laughs) Because they say like, we need to take him to the moon so we can torture him and get this information.
0: I I agree with that. Ryan Um, follows them and stops them and saves them. Yeah. Well, so. One thing that I thought was interesting, I'll, I'll get back to that, because I think that's a good point, point. Um, and I have something to say about that. But what I think is really interesting is that they try to bribe Harrison Ford first by bringing back his dead wife.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Which
0: was super interesting, because he's like, look, you got to talk. You know, we can. I can make your life good. You know, the classic rich villain, like, look, if you just go along with this, I'll make your life good, and I'll give you everything you want. And Harrison Ford's like a, Yeah, you know, here's the thing. You don't have kids. You clearly don't have kids, so I'm not just gonna tell you where my daughter is. You know, he doesn't say daughter, but we all know it's a daughter at this point. I'm not gonna tell you where she is. And then he's like, "Okay, but you know, I have something pretty special (laughs) that you might want." And you can see that he has recreated his wife, and she's dead wife, his dead wife, and she calls him honey and says like, "What's wrong?" It's just like that is trauma inducing. If I've ever seen anything like that. Um, but what I love is he looks at her and says like her eyes were green because obviously Jared Leto doesn't give a shit about his wife and he didn't have the eye for detail that he did for like someone he actually loves, you know, and it's like Mm -hmm. he's trying to leverage his love for things against him when he doesn't understand it. So, of course, he's not able to recreate it, you know, with his wife or with trying to like come to grips with the fact that he won't just sell his daughter out. You know? So I I thought that was well done and that was that was nice. Yeah, hear. that's
1: pretty cool and they could have just tortured him. That's yeah. No, thing.
0: so so yeah. I mean, this is like <laughs> copium a little bit, but kind of my understanding is like I have a bunch of shit like off world that I can use to like skull fuck you and figure this information out from. I was like maybe like, maybe this technology is, like, not legal on Earth, or... Dude, you are huffing things. the copium,
1: because he's in his evil dungeon in, that,
0: But that's the thing, he's, like, a, he's in his sci-fi pyramid up in the mountains, where it's like, dude, and you can like, do, like, really order. whatever you want in there.
1: And he literally just recreated his wife. Like, you could brainfuck
0: this guy. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's, like, not gonna know it's real in a few days if you just keep messing with him.
1: Yeah, yeah you know. Then, what are, the, are the police gonna come check? About Harrison Ford, who's supposed to be dead? Like Yeah, and no. yeah, they're You're not gonna go knock him either. on because this
0: guy basically like owns the planet. It's set up that he is his company is so powerful and influential that like he basically single handedly like prevented the extinction of the human race when like the world collapsed. So he is yeah. like he is like insanely powerful. Uh so yeah. I do agree with you there. Why can't you just torture him in the pyramid?
1: Yeah. And the problem is, is like, these are like the things we've been talking about are pretty significant. Cause like this whole movie doesn't work unless these things happen. Like they leave him alive or they take Harrison Ford and just basically a taxi to the fucking spaceship. Um,
0: (laughs) Here are my thoughts. on. uh, Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I want you to finish before.
1: Well, it's just like, I feel like this movie was so thought out in certain ways. And then in other ways, they kind of just said
0: like, I hope no one notices yeah
1: and uh, yeah i don't know and they so took taxi it's like what the fuck yeah
0: i mean i get that so here's here's like kind of my thoughts on that i agree that is like kind of convenient that they had to take him out in a taxi but also i think if you consider the alternative it doesn't really change that much in terms of like how they would have written out the movie and what happened so like the taxi essentially just culminates on, like, a cool fight in the rain where, like, the ships are getting, like, swallowed up by the ocean, which was really entertaining. Yeah. Whereas if they would have just kept him and tortured him in the pyramid, uh, Brian Gosling would have just shown up, broken into the pyramid. Yeah, and but there's no
1: them. way he breaks into that bitch. You don't think so? No, absolutely not. This guy has a synthetic army, essentially. Like, he could just create more evil henchwomen. And it, I'm assuming he has more than just the evil henchwomen at his base.
0: Yeah, I mean maybe maybe, maybe like or something. I don't know. I but
1: here's the and thing. the I base think. is massive. Like he could have put him in the like basement level twelve. He would never get
0: there. Yeah, no I, I don't know. I. I think they are purposefully ambiguous about certain parts of this base where it's like maybe he could have gotten in somehow. No
1: shot. They needed him in a taxi. Maybe. Because
0: may- of- no, because he had, cause here's the thing. He had already been there. It wasn't his first time there. So they, they could have easily just been like, oh, he saw. He, really, he like I'm noticed. Like, you like, remember a- he
1: goes there and he has, to, like, he has to like go through the security guy at the front and everything. Yeah. The, uh, the front You're there. telling
0: me he couldn't have just American Psycho the security guy at the front with his gun, you know?
1: Yeah, and then you know they see it on camera, and they're like, "Well, I guess we're just going to kill this
0: guy." <laughs> uh, I'd be okay. That is very but, true.
1: I'd be like, "I've been to the Pentagon. I can break into the Pentagon." Like those are wildly
0: different things. What you're saying is fair. That is actually a good point. Uh, I, I don't know. I,
1: and then on top of that, <laughs> they take him in a fucking taxi. They take it's, him a, it's not, him not a taxi. Car. It's like
0: a it's like a bulletproof limo.
1: Dude, he one-shots it. <laughs> no, no, no. He, like, rams no, into it. You, you would take this guy in a fucking, like... You, you would have so much security around this guy. It's insane. Like, this is, like, world-changing events. And he takes him in, like... Uh, okay, I'll give you a bulletproof limo. You would, you would have, like, 85 security guards. You would essentially have an army protecting this guy. He is, like, the piece of the pie. The, the puzzle. And they have like, I think, like maybe three, and Ryan Gosling one shots them all, I think
0: well, yeah, well, he he shoots the two of them, and then I think the way he downs the uh the way he downs like the bulletproof limo is like he he has that like servitor robot that like detaches, and he like rams yeah. that robot into their, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah ship to like fuck it up. that's right, you're right, yeah, but still,
1: it's like it's like I feel like the and the frustrating thing for me is I've seen this movie a couple times, and I really do like it but it's like you thought through so many of these pieces and like like what you said where a lot of these themes really hit home especially like the more creative ones about what it means to be the main character and then you have this stuff and it's just like it's i think it's just frustrating for me like you've already you've career. already
0: done the hard part where you bring these really like Introspective and complex scenes woven into your story seamlessly, and then you kind of like fumble the bag on something. That you managed really to make me believe. Forward.
1: You managed to make me believe that this fucking AI robot was like a real person and that they had a real relationship. And then you yeah. stuck me in a taxi. It's yeah, like, exactly. It's like,
0: yeah, it's like a stroke of genius on how you've woven these elements into the movie. But then when it comes to something straightforward, like just making sure your chase scene makes sense, there's like a, a lack of care associated with how they. How they made yeah. it. So I yeah. feel like I I feel like even though I'm like huffing copium because I just saw this movie <laughs> recently and I really, really loved it. I don't have a rebuttal for what you're saying right now because it does make sense. I have to agree with you. Like
1: I mean for me, it doesn't ruin the movie. Yeah, no, also, I, like... I
0: agree. I, I think what you're saying makes sense. Like they really did just bring this dude out in like a regular car. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, like, why, why does Jared Leto not have, you know, the torture device in his sci-fi pyramid out, you know, on the Hollywood yeah. side? I gotta agree with you there. That's pretty, you know, convenient that they had to leave the secure facility with, like, two guys and just a regular car.
1: Because, well, another thing <laughs> is that, like, Harrison Ford is the linchpin to the rebellion, right? Right. And they really just send Ryan... To handle it. And <laughs> it's kind of like, well, if Ryan lost here, I think the rebellion loses. Yeah. You would imagine that like
0: they don't give him any these... help. Which yeah, okay, okay. Help, this is gonna right? be interesting. Maybe this is could have been interesting. Like if they had sent Ryan to the pyramid to fight and get him free, but they were like, We're gonna send people to help you. Cause this is like all or nothing. So now he has like his own squad that are like helping him deal with some of the <laughs> some of the ads so he can go fight the boss sort of thing.
1: I I would I think I could believe that more. Yeah. Especially if, if they you help him break
0: it. Because that's a good point. It's like, the Rebellion's pretty much fucked if Harrison Ford gets taken off planet. And the Sins are like, yeah, so, you're just one guy. Go fix it. We're yeah. gonna chill out yeah. and pretty much deal with the consequences well, of your another, actions. Well, like this another, Rebellion that you learned about five minutes ago and they're not invested in it at all, really.
1: Yeah, because, like, another thing is they really don't even know if Ryan's gonna do it. Because he doesn't make the decision until after he leaves the Rebellion, like, yeah. I know, out. Cause, yeah, because like,
0: he, he's just, like, dealing with the fucking fact that his whole life is a lie, and he all die yeah, like, and all that. Like, and they're like, hey, here's a gun. Go do this thing
1: we want you like, to do. dude, okay, look, if it was me, I'm going to go home to get hammered. <laughs> <laughs> Saving the Rebellion.
0: But <laughs> that's me. I'm saying, I mean, I'm like, look, I'll go save Harrison Ford, because, like, I can... I can I can understand how he would identify with them because he has felt depressed and been shit on his whole life and the fact right, that are, is you know, like I can see him identifying them, but I would at least be like, okay, so you're like sending people to help me, right? Like, You're all <laughs> yeah. equally invested in this, you as this as I am
1: or should be. And the rebellion's not like this grandma
0: and like her like fucking like knitting. Or there's sisters. like hundreds of people in that room. It's like so the what army There's some
1: mean is, motherfuckers in there. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, it's like I'm seeing like this bodybuilder looking synthetic human over that's like, okay, can you give that I want you to give that man a gun and send him with me. <laughs> yeah. like, well like you yeah. have an army. Give me like ten guys and we can do this. It's free, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So I I I'm with you there. I'm with you there. That was a little lazy. <laughs> but that's good. okay. They that's didn't okay. think that one through, I don't think. Vill- um, Villeneuve is not a god. He he makes mistakes and, and that's okay cuz the ultimate quality of his product was still fucking immaculate in my opinion. <laughs> there you go. Even even some of the best diamonds have little blemishes. Exactly.
1: But anyway, he gets the Harrison Ford and he shoots them down and he has this like final boss fight with the evil henchwoman. Um and I think I mean, I think it's pretty good. I think the the whole idea of them being like submerging underwater adds a lot of tension to it too. Yeah, cuz
0: like basically the Oh my god, Ari. You got to you got to chill out. Um basically the ship with Har- Harrison Ford's like strapped to the chair and they're like sinking into the ocean yeah. because the ship is like getting pulled into the the deep by a cool. tide. And um so it's kind of like this time trial cuz he's got to fight this crazy assassin synthetic woman while also making sure that Harrison Ford doesn't just drown <laughs> while he's doing it. Yep, yep.
1: Yeah. Exactly. I think it's pretty entertaining. Obviously, he wins, but he gets injured in the process.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: um, he, he saves the day.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's basically it. He fights the I think. I think it was funny that she thinks she beats him and literally just ends up by saying, like, I'm the best one, which is, like, that's, like, her whole motivation is just to, like, she wants to be better than all the other synthetic people. Mm-hmm. She has like this, you know, inferiority complex, which is like why she's such a monster. Yep. Um, but then he's like, no, but I'm Ryan Gosling. And then, you know, <laughs> shoves her head underwater and drowns her. It's just like, yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. That's my main character. Exactly. Oh, Get yeah. fucked. Yeah. 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 Get fucked. Uh, see you later. You know, have fun with the fishies. And then <laughs> he saves Harrison Ford and brings him to meet his daughter. Um, which is pretty chill because he was definitely supposed to kill Harrison Ford. So I like that he didn't do that.
1: Yeah, and he finally gets to meet his daughter.
0: Yeah, because it shows that he still has like autonomy. He's like, well, you know, fuck you. I'm not just going to do this thing because you told me to do it. I'm going to save Harrison mm-hmm. Ford, let him introduce him to his daughter. And then I'm going to die on the staircase, which yeah. in terms of like character deaths, I thought was really well done because like he introduces Harrison Ford to his daughter. And this feels like the main character moment. Um, it's like, oh, these are two very important people. One of them from the first movie. The next one is literally like the the uh, basically like the Jesus Christ of their people <laughs> who is going to like lead them into a new era um for their kind. And it's like a huge meeting. But instead of focusing on them, have this meeting, they just cut to Ryan Gosling sitting on the stairs in the snow as he sits down and finally passes away. Yeah. Um and it's like his moment of like being the main character, you know? It's mm-hmm. like he isn't special, but we don't care about that cuz like he's special to us.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's now our main character by the actions that we've seen him do. Exactly. No matter what this movie says. Yeah,
0: like, like like what ha- what's happening in that room is hugely important in terms of plot and consequences, but I am more invested in the fact that like my character is dying. Yeah. And, oh, it's so good. It's so good.
1: And then, yeah. Then, you know, Wallace fucking bombed that building in the next scene, but that's okay. Yep. <laughs> because he obviously knows where he is now. <laughs> and the rebellion is now dead.
0: Well, no, 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 no. I don't think he knows where they are. He doesn't. He doesn't know that they're there. Because, like... Because um, uh, he, he, he he would have to know that the daughter was the natural born, which he doesn't know, so yeah, they could yeah. be anywhere. So they so they're safe anywhere. for now, mm-hmm. for like a day. For like
1: a day, bro. That's a <laughs> that's a nice movie to think You're,
0: about. <laughs> yeah, I I just so thoroughly enjoyed a lot of those deeper elements that we talked about. Um, yeah, it's not perfect, and there. I think especially just like when it comes to like some of the cli- the elements of the climax, and maybe a few of the breadcrumb trails that were left behind weren't completely watertight. But overall, I'm just like, what? It's like there's so much like inspiration and like love put into the movie and how it's executed. It's just a good package, you know? it's, yeah, just, a, it's just a good ass movie.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I really like. I like. Obviously, I really like to poke holes in things, and I think it's really fun to find the flaws in these movies. But this movie's awesome. And even though, like, the things I brought up, I this think this is are what fair.
0: separates us from the critic in the menu. Just because it's not perfect doesn't mean it's not. I mean, I think it's fucking incredible.
1: Um, I think this movie has the best dystopian sci fi atmosphere of like any movie I've ever seen in my life. Um, oh, I agree. Brian's character and his arc is super interesting, and I don't like, no one's ever done that before. The whole idea of the being the main character and not like I feel like usually it's the whole idea of like yeah um the, the, you have to like figure out that you're special or something. Yeah.
0: And every character, every protagonist in every movie is always just like, oh, but you're you thought you were not special, but you are because of these traits that you were just born with. You were born lucky, you know. And right, that's what makes like you the special. Opposite.
1: The whole idea of your actions represent your nature is like. So interesting. I think that's really great, especially for this movie, which like battles the idea of what it means to be human, what it means to be you. If I implant different memories in you, you are not you.
0: Essentially, no, absolutely not. So, like,
1: all these different concepts are going around, and I find them all pretty compelling. Um, his relationship with Joy is, I thought, like pretty believable. When I for I, I am totally
0: convinced movie. that it's real. Like, that's the thing. That's what I think this yeah. movie does such a good job with. Is like you are just as um invested in ryan gosling's own delusions as he is when, when he's talking to joy, joy yeah when he's exactly. talking to joy i'm like that is that is real like joy is grown to actually give a shit about him oh my god he is the main character he's the natural born child like i am equally as invested in all of these things that he also thinks that end up not being true
1: yeah yeah exactly um which is really interesting and i think it's really well done with these characters. Um, and like another thing that's more subtle, or I guess maybe not subtle, but not really the focus, but like Wallace's God complex when it comes to creating these these uh, synthetics and everything is really interesting too. And his whole idea of like it's really like a fucked up way of loving them and things like that. Um, like all these different concepts are great. So this movie is great.
0: Yeah, because there's some weird definitely. things going on. Oh, the setting is so good. Yeah, like one of the things I think they did just really well with the setting and the city and everything is like, like it's a massive city. You have to imagine there's millions, maybe even like a billion or so people living there, right? But in a city that is so large and has so many people, it still feels so isolating and alone.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a good I, way to put it. Mm-hmm.
0: It's so good. It's just <laughs> so good. I yeah. I, w- I would like to go first because. I just love this movie and if you haven't seen it and it sounds even remotely like interesting to you in terms of sci-fi and action and some of those like deeper explorations of like what makes us humans you know and what does it mean to be special Um, check this movie out I 100% have to recommend it I want to give it a 9.5 out of 10 I think like for a movie Like, to get a a 9.5 out of 10, but not be, like, completely watertight. And some things that you could argue are pretty important, like, the final climax and everything like that. I just think this movie has that, like, X factor. The secret sauce where you're just like, yeah, it wasn't perfect, but I just, like, that movie just made me feel things that movies don't usually make me feel. You know? That's the only way I can explain it. That's all you.
1: Yeah, um, I give this movie a 9. It's really great. Um the holy it's like this movie is like a straight up experience for me at least. I think it's the best version of dystopian sci-fi put to film. Like I don't I can't think of a single movie, I mean, except the first Blade Runner, right? But it I would argue that like this is just that except updated visually. Um it looks fantastic. It's like an experience. I think all the characters and the interesting themes that it that it like approaches are Keep me intrigued throughout the whole thing. Um I liked more of the subtleties that come with it. Like even like on rewatches and stuff, there's like nice subtleties, especially with how we were talking about how like the synth- the synthetics are definitely superhuman and it's not really like the main focus, but it's definitely yeah. there. Something they're, like that. They're like because really
0: cool. they're not like superheroes flying around, but they'll just like do something and you'll just be like, wait a minute. Like I could never ever do that little thing that they did.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's it's really great. I would say that this movie is more of an experience, um, and the story, while a little shaky sometimes, and I don't really buy it, but um, but that's okay with me. I think all of the other things outweigh the negatives that I have for like the plot. Um, and I would de- yeah, I definitely recommend it. I mean, I give it a nine. It's awesome. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, like you're just yeah, it's not super you know uh, resolved in some parts, but it's just like a textbook example of like a work of art that is like greater than the sum of its parts i guess
1: yeah for sure i would say that for yeah. sure
0: truly truly a wonderful movie like i just can't get over how good it was and that i hadn't seen it you know
1: i know i finally You're missing out all this time watch it maybe yeah. you'll believe me when i say hey you should watch this movie
0: yeah well i think that's what you've been saying about andor right so maybe i need to go check that out <laughs> that's, hey. on me. that's that's entirely my fault i'll go check it out i'm working on it um. So, you know, it feels really good to talk about something that we both agree was, you know, just a, a masterpiece, a work of work of love by an artist with lots of talent. So let's talk about something that you don't necessarily uh, uh, I think, think it's true of. I
1: think we're going to have to cut this episode short. Exactly. And then we'll just make the next one about the glass onion. Um, weird. We've already been going for...
0: Do you want like to... I can cut this part now. out. I can cut this part out. So you just want to, like, continue the conversation like we were going to go out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I say so.
0: Okay, cool. All right. Um, so yeah, we'll have to cut this one short. Uh we'll get the glass on you next time. Um because this went a little bit longer than we both thought, but that's good because, you know
1: We had plenty to talk about.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I just really enjoy that we were able to kind of like talk about maybe like a more fringe movie that I'm I'm assuming not a lot of people saw, but ended up being really unique. And then also, um, I also feel like a ton of people did not see the original Blade Runner, or sorry, the, the new Blade Runner when it came out in 2017. And I obviously missed out on it because for some reason I didn't think it was worth watching. So it was great to revisit that and just talk about two really unique movies that are super successful for different reasons. Um, so next, this next uh, episode, we'll talk about The Glass Onion and what we think of that. All right, see you guys later. Peace. See you guys. I was waiting for you to say goodbye. Oh. See you guys. (laughs)